welcome to the preaching ministry of Port St. Lucie Bible Church. We are a Christian church whose goal is to faithfully preach Christ from Scripture so that we might better love and serve Him. We pray that this message from God's Word would engage your mind with the truth and inspire your heart to obey Christ. Here's today's message. Good morning, everyone. Special day today with the Mission Sunday and uh, uh, about three presentations here uh, of mission work that are going to be encouragement to us all. We'll start with a, a reading of the passage uh, from Scripture, Revelation chapter 6, verses 9 to 11. And the reason that I chose this text today is simply it's a matter of time. It's a matter of time. How long will this mission work need to go on? Uh, How much longer will we have to wait as Christians? Uh, This is a question that the martyrs asked. And uh, we see here in verse 9, the fifth seal. You might have a title in there that says, The Cry of the Martyrs. And uh, if you're new to Christianity or visiting today, uh, to be martyred means to give your life, to die for the gospel, to be put to death for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And uh, it is these martyrs that ask, just how long will we have to wait? Uh, The answer will be contained within. Verse 9 of Revelation chapter 6, When the Lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and because of the testimony which they maintain. And they cried out with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And there was given to each of them a white robe, and they were told that they should rest for a little while longer, until the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who were to be killed even as they had been would be completed also. How long? A little while longer. Let's pray. Father, as uh, we consider the great work you have given us to declare the gospel far and wide, both locally here in Port St. Lucie and and even around to the far side of the earth, uh, we ask that you'd be glorified in this, that uh, as your son Jesus is proclaimed as the Savior of the world, that sins Uh, are quickly forgiven through faith in Him, that uh, there would be righteousness spread far and wide that would bring glory to you uh, through your Son. And uh, encourage us today, and uh, as we have a couple guest speakers, Lord, encourage them to lift up our hearts uh, with praises to your holy name. Amen. Well, we will begin uh, with Josh and Javonda Weldon. You may have wondered where they were this summer. And uh, uh, you might not have known that they went traveling with uh, Javonda's parents uh, with Weilers on Wheels, where they travel around the country during the summer, summer doing missions work. And I'm going to explain, I'll let them explain what that all entails. Uh, but they are going to give us an update. We're inviting them to say, where were you? Uh, what was going on? And uh, we'd like to hear a little bit about, about it. So I'm going to welcome Josh and Javonda Weldon uh, at this time. All right. Well, good morning, everyone. And uh, 
First of all, I'd just like to say uh, thank you for Pastor John giving us this opportunity to, uh, to bring you all up to speed and let you know what we've been doing and how God has blessed us uh, to, uh, to go travel this summer in evangelistic ministry with the Wilders on Wheels. <clears throat> um, first of all, <clears throat> my name is Joshua and this is Giovanna, my wife, and uh, we had the privilege of traveling this summer uh, doing vacation Bible schools of, uh, of whom this church uh, actually supports uh, her family, the Wilders on Wheels, and uh, so we're here to give a report of uh, what God is doing through that uh, evangelistic ministry. So by God's grace, uh, we traveled about 5,000 miles across the country um, doing 10 different uh, Bible churches and uh, vacation Bible programs, uh, to which there were about 40 to 200 kids enrolled in each one of them. Uh, which was a blessing, you know, we we love to have the kids there, and uh, we also encouraged, you know, adults of all ages just to come and hear the gospel as well. Uh, the theme of our, v- our VBS was in the beginning. Now, does anybody know where baseball was first mentioned in the Bible? In the beginning, that's right. So, so perhaps some of you here um, may remember the adaptation the former associate pastor Gerald Weiler did here in 2018 of In the Beginning, and uh, through song skits, character training, and Bible lessons, we taught the uh, fundamental, foundational knowledge of the gospel, starting with Genesis 1-1. Our teaching involved answering questions like, how do we know there's a God? Why is there death and suffering? What is a kind? Did humans evolve from apes? Are dinosaurs mentioned in the Bible? And how can you have a new life in Christ? So in contrast to the secular teaching that most children are absorbing on a daily basis, we use interactive uh, Bible teaching and skits to bring to life uh, the truth of Scripture and supply these children with answers to confront those those, that misinformation that they're receiving on a daily basis and to give them answers to defend their faith and to have to supply answers for our world. God made everything and his word has answers for the world that we live in. And so, but we understand that we all have the same evidence. We all look at the same, uh, we have the same earth, the same rock layers, the same fossils, but the way that we interpret it is different based on our worldview. Uh, the evolutionist is going to look at it through lenses of a secular, atheistic worldview, whereas we're coming at it from Scripture. And so we see that as a great opportunity to understand evidence is not convincing. We understand that it's it's a battle for the heart that needs regenerated by God. And so it's just a blessing to be able to share the gospel in this way by also giving content that's relevant for their life. So we just wanted to share a little bit about that um, so that you can be assured of the truth and relevance um, that we're able to share. A lot of people, um, even adults, we'd hear comments uh, where they say, wow, that's a lot of content. I'm learning just as much as the kids are. So um, it's a blessing to be able to share that. And right now, we'd like to actually just share a few testimonies of what the Lord did that might inspire you here in your local evangelism and inviting others to church. Yeah, so so we started out here in uh, we was in Jordan Baptist Church in uh, West Virginia, and uh, Dad and I decided to take a little bike ride after lunch, and uh, so we get over this knoll and we're 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 biking it, and uh, all of a sudden we see two little young boys over there, look like they've been swimming and had towels, and they were popping one another, you know. So so we decided to ease on over to the right side of the road, the opposite of where they were, just in case we got popped, 
And uh, so we just gave the traditional, you know, head nod and kept going. Well, so Dad had a red shirt on, and you'll know why in just a second why I say that. All of a sudden we hear, hey, red shirt, red shirt, red shirt. And he comes running up beside us on the bikes, and we're looking at him. He said, uh, I guess where Dad threw up his hand, he was riding with one hand. He said, hey, you can ride that bike with one hand. Can you do it with no hands? And Dad was like, no, I'll probably, I want to be walking back to the house. You know, no hands, I might fall. Well, anyways, so uh, we, we was talking to the boys there and asked them what they've been doing and, and uh, what, what they were doing this weekend or, you know, today, tonight. And uh, they said, well, I don't know. So we said, come on up there to the church. It's about a mile up the road on top of the hill there, and uh, we're having vacation Bible school. Well, so later, so we finished the bike ride, and, and uh, then Mom's coming up to the church, and we're already inside and uh, getting ready for vacation Bible school. All of a sudden, two boys slide their bikes in sideways, jump off the bikes, and run into the church. And Mom sees it. And, uh, well, she didn't even know the story that we invited them. So she said, wow, there's two boys in there. Well, turns out they came back every single night, and they were, their, their faces was just lit up. They were engaging. They understand what we was teaching them, and uh, just what a blessing. So the, the moral of the story is a simple invite can go a long way to impact a child's life for the rest of their life. So. That was a good one. We were at Salina Bible Church, which is about an hour from Pittsburgh, but really the middle of nowhere because it doesn't even have a traffic light, and I think the post office is open for like two hours every day. Um, but there was a grandmother there who brought, who requested that her granddaughter come with her to VBS. Well, that's not very unusual because um, a lot of times, different situations, the grandparents are the ones influencing um, their grandkids spiritually. But what was interesting is that this was a 20-year-old young woman, and she came with her grandmother. They sat in the back of the auditorium because we it's geared toward age 4, four to 14. So we're, you know, that target audience is really elementary age. But they sat in the back every single morning for that first hour program. And on the third day, I think it was, um, she responded to that gospel presentation and wanted to obey and trust Christ as her Savior. And that as a 20-year-old, hearing that presentation, so just praise the Lord. It's the same truth um, no matter what age hears. Yeah, absolutely. So another one, um, Puzzle Town Road Bible Church in Pennsylvania, where her brother Jethniel is, they put these yard signs out, and they got hundreds of them, and they just, they, you know, they put them different places. Well, this sign was, uh, in, in preparation for Vacation Bible School, there was a gentleman at the church, and uh, they said, I'm going to go put one out at Walmart. So instead of just plopping it down and, you know, praying it through there, so he, he decided to prepare a little bit. So he sat back for about an hour or two hours watching cars come in and out of Walmart to see where they would come in and, and all the traffic was. Well, it turns out he put this sign right here where all the traffic was. And uh, a couple days later, he gets a call. And the, the father is on the phone. And he says, hey, my, my son wants to come to Vacation Bible School. You know, could you pick him up or how does this work? Well, it turns out he comes and uh, he's there every, every night of the week. And he ended up trusting Christ and wants to obey Christ and also has a church to support that and to help him through that and to, uh, for him to learn and grow through that. As, uh, as I was telling Dr. Otto there, um, uh, we don't know if they're saved when they say they want to obey Christ, so it's important to have that church 
wrap their arms around them, and teach them through that to disciple them. So that's another, uh, you know, simple invite, you know, of, uh, of how the word goes forth. So praise God for that. Something I'd also mention about Sarah, who's that 20-year-old. Um, the pastor was able to provide her with a new Bible. My dad gave her several resources, and there's a woman in the church who is uh, determined to help disciple her uh, going forward. One other thing I wanted to mention is that many people often ask, you know, how you survive on the road. Uh, when we get to a church, we hardly leave the property. It's just, it's all in, full-time pre- preparation for either an evening or a morning to come um, for vacation Bible school. But uh, we were taking a walk after we had set up on a Saturday, just left the, our RVs at the church property, walked down the road, and this gentleman in about about his 80s, I'd say, he's working in his garden, complete stranger. He says, hey, y'all want a cabbage? <laughs> and by the end of our walk, we were loaded down with potatoes, onions, cabbage, green beans that his wife had canned the year before. And so praise the Lord for how he provides in so many unique ways through his people. And just want to praise the Lord for his goodness, the work that he did, not anything we can do, but just of God's goodness. (laughs) Absolutely. What a blessing. Uh, But we want to thank each and every one of you for the phone calls, the text messages, the prayers. Um, It is really, truly uh, the best best time of my life uh, to actually put your hands and feet to move in the gospel. But don't be discouraged because you are in one location. There's still people around here that need the gospel, and you guys are it. So uh, we may be on the road, but you're here. Hey, you're, you're still important. You're still uh, the church, you know, and we want to we wanna express our gratitude and our thankfulness to each and every one of you guys. And we're so excited to be back here with you all and to grow and serve here in the ministry of Port St. Lucie Bible Church. That's right. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Well done. Um, and uh, as we begin, uh, or continue, I should say, I, I want to give one more encouragement, folks, on your bulletin. There is a memory verse right there. I don't know how many of you all practice memory, uh, scripture memory. But this is like a flash card. You could cut it off and keep these. This is what will be assigned uh, for the youth group and and the kids club and adults for this Wednesday night. And we need to commit the word to memory. And this is an opportunity to do it. We'll have one of these each week uh, throughout the year. Three three weeks a month we do the kids club and other things. So three Sundays a month uh, you'll have an encouraging verse that answers a question. And uh, I, would, I would strongly urge you to not let the opportunities to... Get off on the right foot. And as well, the, the Heidelberg Catechism with Commentary, I have several up here if you need one. Excellent resource. Uh, the, the lessons uh, per week is about three pages. And then there's reflective uh, questions afterwards. Uh, for this Wednesday, we would ask that you read the foreword, uh, the introduction, and what's called Lord's Day 1 or Chapter 1. And uh, so get off on the right foot as we start fall ministries again, uh, starting this Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Well, I don't have a, uh, a full message today, a full sermon, but an exhortation and uh, presentation of some other mission activity that we have going on here at church. I, I want to thank Josh and Javonda for uh, their presentation there. And uh, now as we expand today on the topic of missions. 
If you have attended Port St. Lucie Bible Church for any length of time, uh, you've discovered, along with us as a church, uh, how easing the suffering of our impoverished brothers and sisters in Christ is of very high importance in the Bible. Uh, it is a theme that is repeated again and again in Scripture uh, for brethren, our brethren who are living both far and near. And as one example, the first John 3:16 uh, states in regarding uh, our fellow Christians, quote, "We know love by this, that Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay our lives down for the brethren. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. Similarly, James 2.14 states, What use is it, my brethren? If someone says he has faith but he has no works, can that faith save him? If a brother or sister, again we're speaking in the Christian family, if a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and be filled, yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead. And when when these opportunities to, to alleviate the grave conditions, severe conditions, we're talking hunger, thirst, nakedness among our brethren, that is Christ's flock, his, his beloved church, uh, the ruling of our King, our Lord and Savior, at the final judgment will state, you can find this in Matthew 25, verse 40, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. And we realize that Jesus classifies uh, brothers and sisters, his family, brothers and sisters and mothers, uh, as those persons he has redeemed through his blood. Luke 8, verse 21, our brethren, uh, states Jesus, those brothers and sisters, are those who hear the word of God and do it, as Jesus gave a new definition of family. Uh, fellow Christians are our brothers and our sisters, and uh, though, of course, Galatians 3.10 assures that we as Christians shall have a reputation of doing good to all men, uh, that same passage also gives this priority, uh, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Being led by God's Spirit and convicted by this, through the Word of God, uh, when our building was paid off, I believe it was the last day of 2019, uh, we acknowledged it as our Christian duty to establish a, a missional approach to benevolence and, and added it as a significant portion of our annual budget. Uh, we call this ministry uh, Christian Poverty Relief, or we use the acronym CPR. That acronym serves, uh, CPR serves to remind us that these funds are uh, regularly targeted at life-sustaining aid towards our brothers and sisters. What is established in Scripture 
gives us a very high confidence that our showing compassion uh, to those who are in Christ is very pleasing, well-pleasing to God. Uh, Consequently, as you have a country that is as prosperous as is America, uh, with so many social services available, uh, relatively few, I'm not saying there are none, but there are relatively few Christians who fail to maintain basic food and covering. And, and this is the threshold that the Apostle Paul establishes as a basis for our contentedness. The Christian life is to be content. First Timothy 6, verse 8, Paul clearly states, if we have food and covering, with these we will be content. So that's the baseline. That, that's what we are to provide. Uh, so providing every unbeliever who darkens our door you know, with a cell phone, or unlimited internet usage, or, or uh, um, gift cards... You know, so they can use government assistance to go buy their Marlboros. You, you know, that is not the local church's responsibility. The church is actually called in Scripture to be very discerning and to offer assistance to our brothers and sisters who desperately need it, of course, being kind and, and a good Samaritan on any occasion that may arise. Uh, but that assistance is, is basic essentials, food, covering, uh, emergency aid, basic human essentials. And uh, as, as we strive to do that as a church, there, there is a precedent in, that established in Scripture that commands local churches who live in wealthier societies, that'd be like ours, uh, to, to routinely take up collections for those Christians who are living under persecution or, or living in harshly impoverished conditions around the globe. Uh, scripture itself identifies this ministry uh, by calling it, quote, the collection for the saints. And it is the Apostle Paul who writes in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1, now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed. Actually, Paul's language in the original Greek uh, is very strong. The word directed, uh, it's a Greek term, diatasso, uh, which would accurately be rendered authoritatively command. Now concerning the collection for the saints, I directed or I authoritatively commanded the churches of Galatia so also do you, on the first day of every week, each one of you is to put aside and save as he may prosper, so that no collections are made when I come. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 1 is a contributing reason as to why we made Christian poverty relief part of our church's annual Budget. Uh, uh, our collections are generally taken on the first day of every week. And before I describe to you our, our recent disbursements, I'd, I'd like to provide a few excerpts from from those two chapters, Second uh, Corinthians verses uh, chapters eight and nine. Paul devotes two complete chapters to this: Second Corinthians chapters eight and nine to administering and distributing this weekly collection. 
To begin with, in chapter 8, verse 2, concerning participation by churches in Macedonia. So, so it wasn't just the region of Galatia. Uh, now we're also including the region of Macedonia. So th- this is a, clearly a broad Christian principle. Paul writes, he says of those churches in Macedonia, quote, In a great ordeal of affliction, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality. For I testify that according to their ability, and beyond their ability they gave of their own accord, begging us with much urging for the favor of participation in in the support of the saints. Folks, I never get tired of reading this. The saints are our brothers and sisters in Christ. Churches in Macedonia begged for the favor of being included in Christian poverty relief. They begged Paul, well, please don't leave us out of this. And if you look at the front of our offering boxes that are by the rear doors, uh, an excerpt, excerpt from this verse is placed on the front of them to remind us that a portion of what we give every single week is to this ministry to the saints. Again, it's toward the saints, other Christians. Uh, Paul continues in verse 10. Quote, Paul says, I I give my opinion in this matter, for it is for your advantage, who were the first to begin a year ago, not only to do this, but also to desire to do it. He tells Corinth, but now finish doing it also, so that there, uh, just as there was a readiness to do it, uh, so there may also be the completion of it by your ability. Verse 24, therefore, openly before the churches, show them the proof of your love. As the apostle then transitions to chapter 9, note some, some of these are familiar verses. Verse 1, Paul writes, for it is superfluous for me to write to you about this ministry to the saints. So Christian poverty relief remains the topic at hand throughout all of chapters 8 and 9. Verse 6, quote, Now this, this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who, who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Verse 9, as it is written, he scattered abroad, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Verse 12 might be viewed as kind of a summary statement to these two chapters. Paul writes, for the ministry of this service is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing through many thanksgivings to God because of the proof given by this ministry. They will glorify God for your obedience to your confession of the gospel of Christ and for the liberality of your contribution to them and to all. This is a gospel issue. 
Paul, Paul finishes saying, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. I, I know someone may be thinking here, might be saying in your head, but, you know, I've always heard those verses, you know, used as such. You know, you, you, you are to put aside and save and, and, and that you might give on the first day of every week. You know, and, and that Christians are to give according to their ability and, and on occasions even beyond. And that God loves a cheerful giver or don't give begrudgingly or he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. And you might be thinking to yourself, I've only ever heard of these scriptures applied as proof texts for fundraisers for church building projects. Or, or to raise money for new carpet and chairs or for other comforts that we can enjoy for ourselves, or maybe to give the pastor a new Lexus as a work vehicle. (laughs) But these passages are not inspired by God's Holy Spirit for for the purpose of making life more pleasant for ourselves, and it is a tragedy the ways that these verses are sometimes applied. There is a place for buildings. There is a place for carpet and chairs. We, we're, you, we're in the process right now at the rear building of doing a renovation on it in the interior. Uh, but these verses are not given as scriptural leverage to accomplish those types of things. It doesn't fulfill what has been asked of us. Uh, they're given to accomplish a task of much greater importance. It is called the ministry of the saints. So uh, in response to the clear exhortation of God's word, we've applied a portion of our annual giving to Christians around the world who are deeply impoverished, um, suffering, and persecuted for their faith. I'd like to bring up those slides now if I can. Bring the first one up. Most recently, this was distributed last month, uh, we gave $4,000 to Voice of the Martyrs, an organization. Uh, half of that 4000 went to aid widows whose husbands were murdered for their Christian testimony. There's just one example there. These are just examples off the internet. They're not directly related or had communication with us. Um... The other half of that went to supply action packs, supply Christians with action packs. Uh, These are relief packs. They include, among other things, a sheet, a blanket, sandals, zip ties, and a heavy-duty tarp so that they can tie it up to shelter themselves from the weather. Again, these are sent to Christians who are severely impoverished, living in desperate conditions. Also, um, slide four here, uh, the other, uh, about $2,500 was given to SIM, that is Sudan Interior Mission, uh, directed to their field hospital in Galmi, Niger, to provide basic life-saving essential medical attention. Uh, another one of our mystery, uh, missionaries, Crystal, who many of you know, uh, who was assigned to Niger was just at this hospital here for training in the last few weeks. Uh, Crystal has also just returned home on furlough. 
So we're hoping to see her in the next few weeks, maybe right before the holidays, to give us an update. Part of this money was given directly to a nourishment program at at that hospital for mothers who have acutely malnourished children. Finally, through an organization we've newly partnered with, they're called Global Christian Relief, Uh, we gave $2,500 to Christians in India who have been forced from their homes, uh, some fleeing from their lives, where persecution has erupted and resulted in the burning of hundreds of churches. To give you an idea how bad it can turn, several years ago, uh, a missionary to India uh, from our previous church, Denton Bible Church, in Denton, Texas, a missionary there was Babu. I'm not going to lose, use his last name either, uh, but he gave us the following report. Babu was an Indian national who had immigrated to the U.S., became a Christian, went to seminary, and then went back as a missionary to India. And uh, he was telling Rita and myself, along with a couple other families one evening, of a flare-up of persecution in India where he himself directly encountered a makeshift encampment encampment of Christians who'd been forced to flee their homes from a nearby city. They didn't have food or resources to last long or to endure. And one of those Christians told Babu that the city council had informed the camp that they can return to town and they can return to their houses if they abandon their religion and formally deny Jesus Christ as their Savior. That man told Babu, we will stay here and die. The American experience is not the typical experience that is seen around the world. There is much tribulation that is being endured, and it is a privilege of for us to be able to uh, be able to help in a in a limited capacity, of course, you know, um, if I were asked, does does Port St. Lucie Bible Church really, you know, expect to eliminate Christian poverty around the globe with such a small program? I, I would respond, no. Uh, I expect that we as a church will be obedient to Scripture to the amount that we are able. And uh, my closing comment would be that uh, we surely haven't done enough. This is not going to be enough. Uh, none of this giving has caused any hardship upon any of us, um, and we should try only to be striving to do more. I'm very thankful that this church has made Christian Poverty Relief uh, a significant part of our annual budget and uh, is involved in this very important work for regular, uh, part of our regular giving. I'd like to pray before I ask uh, our next speaker to come up. Let's, uh, Let's say a few words in thanks to God for all we have. Father, as uh, we are so blessed, uh, not only for the goods that we enjoy, but to have your word to direct our hearts and redirect it where needed, and uh, to think that we can do a little bit to, to help Christians around the globe who virtually have nothing. Uh, but uh, by your grace and through your wisdom, your spirit has, 
has given us the scriptures to know how to act so that we know how to serve and we know how to love, Lord. Thank you so much. Uh, we pray that you'll bless, um, bless the remainder of our day today. In Christ's name, amen. I'm going to ask our sound booth now to be sure that they are not recording. Wow. Boy, do we have some stuff to pray for, huh? Come Wednesday night. And uh, what a blessing. And hey, we can't go to India. We don't know Greek or Hebrew. We can support someone who does. And uh, send them on their way and, and, and encourage them in every way we can. As a reminder, we're going to have a... Uh, a love offering for on plates outside if you want to leave something for just to help earn her time here uh, additional support of what we give her to keep going uh and uh and to be a blessing for her you'll be able to stay for a while at the table for people who have questions and it's a marvelous work you do working with uh boy cultures that don't have a complete alphabet or uh or even have a common spelling of words right that sounds a lot like alabama doesn't it josh <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, but also, I, I love her emphasis on their home church and serving and even cleaning and doing children's ministries. And I, I think right now we're, we're looking for someone who could vacuum the carpets in here uh, in the classrooms in this building once every four weeks. Is that what we're looking for? I mean, there's things that she can do, and, and there's plenty to do, and uh, nothing that we'd, you know, we don't put too heavy of a burden on people, but serving the local church and mowing and helping Tim. Like Tim says, he goes, if you can come out and mow on a Saturday, uh, it doesn't have to be every week. If you can come in and sit in more, you got nothing to do. Uh, I think a problem with America is we just got too much other stuff to do. And it it's, uh, keeps us away from serving the Lord and, uh, and His Word. But we're thankful for everyone here and the support uh, that we're able to give to the missionaries on our back wall. Let's pray as we close. Father, what a, what a privilege to be able to be useful to you uh, in a small way and uh, in a big project. And as Christians come together and uh, join, the, uh, join hands, these things happen through your church. And we're immensely grateful for it. And uh, Father, uh, stir us as well to be... Uh, to be a voice for the gospel right here in Port St. Lucie. Lord, thank you for today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.